Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela, and today I am chatting with Denise, who is a Poshmark seller and a DIY guru, as I like to call her. Um, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Denise. Welcome to Thrifters Villa. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you too. So um, I don't remember if you had messaged us first on Instagram or I messaged you. I don't know how it got started, but I looked at Denise's Instagram page and I was like, you need to be on the podcast. When are you coming on? <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Right now. When can we do it? Um, so people in the community may not know who you are. Why don't you give everyone a little breakdown, who you are, how you got started um, in reselling, and then the DIY space, because that's really the predominant area that you're kind of in, in terms of social media. Yeah. So my social media or my Instagram is DIY Denise. It's at DIY underscore underscore Denise. <laughs> and mostly what I do there is my... DIYs and a lot of like simple, easy things that anybody can just go pick up these supplies and do. And I try to show them, you know, as easy to explain as I can in short form video. But um, it's funny. So, gosh, how did I get started? Really, with my mom, she is the one who started it all. She was a crafter, thrifter for as long as I can remember. I remember going to thrift stores, like when my sister was in school and I wasn't. And so like, I just follow along with her to thrift stores. And so that's kind of like where my love of thrifting came from, you know, really being able to see like some of these brands that you can buy and quality of clothing that you can get for super cheap. And um, I just, I thought that was really cool. So that's definitely how I started in thrifting. And then with that, the creative DIY side of that, it's fun to see what you can find at thrift stores. And you're like, Oh, if I just spray painted that, that would look really good. And that just took off. And really, it was kind of like, while I was pregnant and had my son, I started watching like middle of the night feeds, yeah. you know, him, and I was like, I'll just start watching some YouTube videos. And I saw all these girls, like, doing DIYs. And I was like, I can do that. I do that. Like I should just, I should just start an Instagram. So I did. And here we are. I can't believe it is where it is today. I never, ever expected it to take yeah. off like this. But You almost have 13,000 yeah. followers on Instagram, which is kind yeah. of wild when you think about it. You know, you just kind of started off as showing people the oh, thing yeah. that you love doing. I literally just had friends that were like, you should do this. You should start like showing more. Cause I was just kind of like showing little things like what I was doing, you know, around the house, DIYs, whatever, you know, little things that I was making here and there. And friends were just like, you should, you should start you know, sharing and you know, giving details about how you made it. And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> That's awesome that you even just dove in and we're like, okay, I'm just going to dive in. We're going to do this. And whatever happens, happens. Like I'm yeah. having fun showing people what I'm making. I mm -hmm. guess at what point, so at what point did you, from thrifting, did you decide that you wanted to start selling clothes online? Like how did that come about? Were you already on Poshmark or? I did. I started, I got a Poshmark in 2013, but I decided that I wanted to start reselling in 2016 and I was working my corporate job and on my lunch breaks, I would just go to Goodwill that was down the street and I can remember finding like such good things and it was like, but this doesn't fit me. So I literally would like buy these items and bring them back to my coworkers and I'm like, oh my gosh, I found this like Gap puffer coat for $8 and it's like this beautiful down parka and I just couldn't leave it and so here you go. Like I bought you a coat. I'm like, I bought purses for people. It was like, I just found so many things. That I felt like I couldn't leave it behind. Mm -hmm. And finally one day I was like, why don't I start selling these things? Like I'm finding them and you know, I, I probably could make a profit. So I really kind of was just doing it more casually back in like 2016 up until like really probably the beginning of this year was when I was like, I need to 
go full force and go all in and really start reselling and it has done well you know so that's exciting I think when you start to see the power of what reselling can really be and like what you can really make it that's like when it clicks in your brain and you're like oh yeah and and I think it was kind of scary at first because you're like what if I buy all this stuff and it just doesn't sell and so a little scary but I finally just like allowed myself to like buy these things, take risks, take the chances. And luckily it worked out. <laughs> so you know, I was able to reinvest some of this money. So that was good. But yeah, it, it was a little scary to just kind of like take that step into just let's, let's do this. <laughs> I know. I know. It's always, it's always interesting to hear like how people kind of get into it. So for you, it was just that love of thrifting. Mm-hmm. And then finally realizing, instead of giving this there. stuff away, I can't just make money. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah. um, and especially because, um, like, when my husband decided to go National Guard to active duty Army, we went from two incomes to one income. So really, you know, thrifting and stuff, it was like, I can't, like, we're on one income. Can I really just be out here, like, buying up inventory if it's not going to sell? So that was a little scary at first too but he he's always been very supportive of me and I think could see I mean he knows that thrifting and you know, how much money you could possibly make mm-hmm. flipping some items and I think he believed in me enough to just be like okay so but yeah I think when I first started um doing this like as like a real a real thing a real business mm-hmm. right yeah when I first started doing it my husband was like are you sure that people want to buy this stuff online? Like people will actually buy that. Like, but what if they don't, what do you do with the stuff that doesn't sell? And it's like, it took them a little while to understand it until. And I feel like most men are like this. Like once they actually start to see the profits and they actually start to see the money being used to other things or whatever it is, like it's more tangible to them. So now he fully understands it and supports. He's like, you want to go to the thrift store? I'll drive you there. You want, you want to go? You want to see if you can find anything yeah. good? You know what I mean? Um, My husband's always like, go, go have fun. I'll just stay here with our kid, but you no, go. No, he will come inside. He does not come inside yeah. with me, but he'll drive me there. Right. <laughs> um, well, I, I just, I like that, that you just loved thrifting first and then kind of guided your own way and realized, all right, I'm just gonna try this out. and see where it goes from there. But at the same time, you were already doing these DIY projects on your own and finding things in the thrift store and kind of upcycling them however you wanted, however you wanted to make them. So I I like that on your Instagram page, you show here are some items that I thrifted that I now DIY. And then here are some items you can buy at Dollar Tree or, you know, Walmart, whatever it is. And you can have these newer items that you can create to make it look like this piece that you've seen on X website that costs $500. Yes, exactly. Why don't you talk yeah. to people that are listening about how you kind of navigated that and marketed that out to people and what kind of sparked that interest to make these pieces that are considered luxury on other websites that are out there for home? <laughs> well. I think there are, you know, there are different type of crafters out there. There are a lot of people that <clears throat> like to, you know, find things at the thrift store and think like, gosh, if I just like spray painted this, like that would look good. Or, you know, maybe even just like spray painting things black, it can make it look designer. Yeah. But there are also people that maybe they're not big thrifters and, but you know, they've got a Dollar Tree down the road or, you know, Hobby Lobby down the road. And it's been a fun challenge to find things at Dollar Tree and, you know, like, how can I manipulate these items and paint these items, create these things to make it look like something you would see mm-hmm. on Pottery Barn's website or West Elm. And um, it's it's been fun to create those videos and show what you can do with some cheap supplies or thrifted items. And it's been cool to show that you can get that designer look for way less. It's literally like thrifting clothing. It's the exact same thing, but it's 
home goods. And I think, yeah. I think it's so it's great. Like my whole this. life is like, how can we like hack it to like, but cheaper, you know, yeah. like luxury, but cheaper. <laughs> it's the same. So like even some of the home stuff that Target has, I don't want to pay that price. Even the Target mm-hmm. price, I don't want to pay it. Yeah. Love it. Don't yeah. want to pay it. And I think what Dollar Tree has done, I don't know if people are listening to this, but like Dollar Tree has these enormous DIY sections now they never had before. Like they have have like aisle, like an entire (laughs) aisle dedicated to craft supplies. And I really do think it's because of some of these Dollar Tree DIYers out there (laughs) that Dollar Tree caught on and they're like, gosh, we could make some money off of just, you know, giving these people supplies and seeing what they can do with just some simple little supplies. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it's, I, I just think it's so smart from a business standpoint, they started doing this. But most of the people that I sure. watched on Pinterest, or on YouTube mm-hmm. have always been Dollar Tree DIY projects. Yes. I have always uh-huh. even when I was getting married back in 2013, when Pinterest was like, just really becoming a thing, my wedding board is still up there from 2011, when I started planning. And, <laughs> and everything that was DIY was all Dollar Tree re- related. Yeah. Things. And um, because mm-hmm. I had a certain aesthetic that I wanted, but I was not about to pay all the price points that came with that. And I just, I just think it's such a smart marketing move on both fronts, on the people that are creating the content, it's and so then fun too to like create something that looks expensive, and you're like, yeah, but it cost me five dollars to make. <laughs> exactly. What is I think? What is your most favorite thing that you've created so far for your own home? Oh gosh. I know. There's too many things. Right? <laughs> you create every day. So <laughs> Yeah, I I really have created a lot. I don't even know. Honestly, one of like the most simple creations that I've made, and I know a lot of Dollar Tree DIYers out there have made the same thing, but it's this pedestal bowl. And it it looks like stone. You, you know, glue together a candle holder and then they have this garden dish. And if you glue those together and spray paint them with Rust-Oleum's, like it kind of looks like stone, spray paint it with that. It looks so high end and I still use it. I made it probably over a year ago. I still use it. I think it's great to put like candy in, even like Halloween candy and stuff like that. So that really is like one of my favorite things, but I have made a lot of stuff that like, even after I'm done making it, it's like, wow. It turned out a lot better than I thought it was going to. Like, this is cool. That, the first thing you just described, the bowl, the, like the pedal mm-hmm. still thing, I made one as well, yeah. like a month ago. Because I was like, I really love the one that Pottery Barn has. Yes. I am not yes. paying that price that Pottery yeah. Barn has, because that is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I was, I went on Pinterest and I was like, there's got to be someone out there who's done a really cool DIY. So the one that I made, I didn't spray paint it. I mixed the acrylic paint with the um, baking soda to give it the texture. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And I have it up here. I just wanted it in my little office space. And I have like tags, whatever it is that I ripped off. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of all collect them there in one place and then I'll throw them out or whatever. Yeah. Like, and they're I cute have- to put like, candles in or some like greenery kind of like yeah water falling off the side yeah they're that's probably one of my faves yeah I agree it's one of my favorites too and I think it's one that most people look for because that Mm -hmm. it's like a farmhouse bohemian mix Mm -hmm. look yeah and a lot of people are trying to achieve that and it's hard to achieve that look with the way prices are across the board in the retail stores so to be able to make something that's Looks like it came from a really expensive place, but you were able to create it for under $10. Like, so cool. So, Mm -hmm. so cool. How do you get your inspiration to make this stuff? I know you said, like, you know, if you see something that you like on Pottery Barn or West Elm, like, you'll try to create that. But, like, for your content, how do you come up with, okay, today I'm going to make this container that looks like faux wood with, you know, whatever it is. How, How do you get all that are you looking online I'm shocked at some of the things I think of to make but really a lot of it is getting on Pottery Barn West Elm CB2 McGee and Co even like Amazon or Wayfair you know kind of just browsing their decorative things I know a lot of stuff it's like stuff that I need or 
be like, I need this organizational thing for, I made something for my Poshmark, um, like to hold my tape and scissors and measuring tape, stuff like that. And so kind of you know, things that I need or things that I've just seen. And it's mm. like, I think I could make that out of Dollar Tree items, <laughs> you know, spray paint it. And yeah, I think it's really just kind of, um, seeing these more expensive items and thinking, I think I could make that. Yeah. And going for it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then getting a following from it all and being able to help other people that are trying to create the same thing, which is really great too. I want to go back to like the upcycling part of this all. If someone's listening and they have a creative side to them, let's say they like making things, right? But they usually do it for themselves. But they also mm-hmm. are a reseller and they like to thrift and find these things. How easy is it for them to like merge these together and then sell it online in a platform on Etsy, on Poshmark, whatever platform you want to sell it on, mm-hmm. sell it on TikTok, sell it on Instagram. There's a whole, like there's these, all these live communities now that you can go on, whatnot, whatever it is. Yeah. Like I just, what would you say to those people who are like, oh, can I really blend these together? And and really make it happen because there's something that you guys don't know about Denise is that she uses Pinterest, which we'll talk about. And she also uses TikTok while she's doing this um, and does lives and whatnot. So how, how do you think the people that are listening can go about it? And then we'll talk about what your experience has been using these other platforms that are not Instagram, that are not like a typical reselling platform. We'll go from there. Just like how to market. Yeah, but like, yeah, so how how would they market it and how can you merge it together, you know? Because I think some people have a hard time thinking of that. For me, it was kind of easy because I've always had that love for creating, even digitally. Uh, One of my degrees is in graphic design, so it (laughs) has just always been a passion of mine and really once I found this niche of creating on Instagram, on TikTok, it was like all of my, you know, stars aligned, my hobbies came together. And I was like, this is, this is my place. This is my spot. And it's been really interesting to show and I guess just showcase what I can make. I don't know. I'm capable of. Have you sold I, anything that you've made? I sold a few things. My mom also has a craft booth that mm. I've sold some of my stuff in. I'm, I've always just been a little afraid to sell stuff that I've made because I don't want them to break in the mail. I would really hate for somebody to like buy something and they receive it and it's broken. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't sold a ton of my own stuff. Uh, I've gifted a lot of things, but... I definitely have a lot of extra DIYs and little decor items that I've made that I, you know, I'm actually kind of in the middle of trying to decide like what to do with them. So maybe I will try to figure out a way to safely ship them or maybe just sell locally. But yeah, yeah you can even do like a pop up kind of thing. Like if there's yeah. like local mm-hmm. fairs or anything like that, and that way you don't have to worry so much about the shipping part because I totally understand the fear. This is why I'm afraid to sell home goods. Yeah, to safely. I've been able to safely take things to my mom and she can put them in her craft booth and sell them there. But yeah, other than that, it's been kind of hard to... I have some things on my Poshmark, but not a ton because I just, I don't want it to like break. But maybe if I have things that are like more durable or can find ways to ship them more securely... Hmm. There's got to be videos or something out there for other people Uh, who ship this kind of stuff. And like how uh, there's ways to manipulate boxes too, and like put a box within a box so that you can kind of get the mm -hmm. form of what you need and it can be secure. Maybe you do something like wrap the entire thing in bubble wrap. (laughs) Like I I don't know. I'm like bubble wrap paper. Yeah. Yeah. But I think because your items that I love them. I love them, but they're very creative and they're things that like I would buy if I saw them in a store. And I just think like you should sell them. I think you could make good money doing it and you have a following for it. Like you could just do it on Instagram. So um, a, 
maybe a month or two, maybe it was two months ago. And I remember at this point we had um, Julia on here. It was Julia cur- uh, curated. And she now, ever since we had that conversation, has started going to her antique stores that she goes to. And she's starting to sell them on Instagram now. And she was like so afraid to go back into this market. But she loves yeah. finding antiques and she loves doing this. So now she does like drops on her Instagram every Thursday, I think it is, or Wednesday. I don't remember. Um, and she'll drop like 20 items and she sets up her little Instagram shop or she does, or people can direct message her and she, and she sells just those items that she's comfortable selling. She sells it to her audience on Instagram. She just does a story. She does like a a hybrid of stories and shows the item, explains the item, tells them what the price is with shipping. And like, that's what she does. So like, maybe you start small. Yeah. Like that. I I really have. And I, I think another thing is like, like, do people, would people really buy this? Yes, like, yes, in my mind, really I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I just kind of like made it like, would anybody really want this? So the more that, you know, I've received like positive feedback on it. I'm like, maybe I should, I don't know. So, okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to try to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to try to. I think, I think yeah. you should and start small. Maybe start with like your more easier projects that you've done, the smaller things, things that aren't as breakable maybe. Yeah. And then build your confidence to the things that are more breakable and do that. Because at the end of the day, there are people that ship really crazy breakable things every single yeah. day. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I've had a lot of people message me about different ways that I can ship, and I guess there you you can put like fragile on the box and they'll be more delicate. So there, there are different ways that you can ship fragile items. So I, I really should look into it. Yes. And I will buy something if you do. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure other people who are listening, I'm just going to send you a bunch of like so things that I want and I'm going to make you make them. Yes. That's what's going to yes. happen. <laughs> then the idea is I'll, I'll see if I can whip something up. <laughs> um, let's talk about how you use TikTok when it comes to the DIY space. And I, I see this a lot in the DIY space and I'm always curious if this is going to transition over to the reselling community. I think we're seeing it in the whatnot community where people are going thrifting live and like showing people that kind of thing. So in the DIY community, it's a little different. It's the creator basically sitting down and creating the piece and talking to the people and Mm. having it be interactive. So why don't you share your experience about doing DIY and being on a, a live platform? Yeah. So I have done um, mostly I think all of my live streams have been on TikTok and it's been fun to sit down, especially like, you know, I call my mom for a lot of questions and I'm like, what should I do? What do you think I should do? But it's been fun to sit down with, you know, some followers and be like, what, what do you guys think I should do? How should I paint this? Like, well, when I'm in the middle of a craft and I feel like, you know, I get to interact with them and they get to be part of what I'm creating. And that's been really cool. And just really interacting with so many creative people out there and just bouncing ideas off of each other. It's been really fun. Do you think some of your success on your social media is because of your ability to interact with your audience in that live aspect? I definitely try to interact as much as possible because, you know, we're all creative people and creativity can come from so many different places. And, you know, it, it's interesting to see and and hear other people's ideas. And I, I just love learning and you'd be surprised at how much, you know, you think like you've been crafting for so long and you hear, you know, some little tip or trick and it's like, mind-blowing you know <laughs> so it, it's just really cool to see how much you can learn from just chatting with other creative people yeah I think some people are afraid to do the whole live things they think they need like a fancy setup or something in yeah. order to gain the audience or anything like that what kind of setup do you have so that people can see that you don't need anything fancy it I mean 
I have a little craft space and it really is uh, kind of like an extra dining room area that we have in our house. And I got a dining room table, an old dining room table that I found at a thrift store. <laughs> and I, I do have a couple lights just yeah. to brighten things. Cause you know, I craft a lot at night, you know, after yeah. I put my kid down to sleep. So that helps provide some light and a ring light, but like, I mean, it's a craft space, so it, it's nothing beautiful. It's yeah. paint and things and half done crafts and DIY <laughs> sitting off to the side. And, you know, it's, it's definitely nothing professional. <laughs> Do you have anything to prop up your camera? Cause I always get these ads on my Instagram, like where the camera can be horizontal so people can see like what you're doing. Do you use one of those or did you just have your phone? I, do, I have, I got, um, well, my husband actually bought it for me when I got started because my setup, how I was recording videos on my phone, it was like, it's hilarious looking back on it. It's like, how did my phone even set up that way? But he finally just like bought me a tripod, uh, ring light and my phone, you know, connects into the middle of it. And I have it, a lot of my videos, um, it's from like an aerial view, but mm. I have done some from kind of like the side view, but a lot of them are from the aerial view and it's just easier. It kind of gives me more workspace. Yeah. So that's kind of how I prefer to do that. I'm just sitting here wondering why you haven't <laughs> sold your item on TikTok <laughs> after you're done creating it and almost like put it up mm-hmm. there for sale. Or oh, here's I'm another idea. I have an idea. I have one, Freddie. Uh-huh. Right, here's an idea. What if, what if you started the TikTok live or wherever you go live and ask the people what, like maybe you have some type of, I don't know, some way to pick one person who's in the audience, however you were to figure that out and create something to what that one person wants. Like I'm going to make this kind of box today, or I'm going to make this kind of candle uh-huh. holder today. Uh, and then you design it to that one person who gets picked, however they get picked that's in the line yeah. and then you create it to what they want right then and there. Let's, let's do it. Let's get it started. <laughs> I, th- I think you can do something like that. And then it's a little yeah. more interactive mm-hmm. or you create the piece and you can raffle it off right then and there. Yeah, I, I really have thought about just doing like a monthly giveaway and like letting them pick from, you know, things that I've made. Cause Mm-hmm. I have a closet that's just filling up with decorations that, and it's funny because I like, I love decorations. I love decorating, but I'm kind of one of those people that's like, you decorate it the way you like it. And it's like, that's good for yes. however long for years <laughs> until Christmas comes along and I bring out my Christmas decorations. Exactly. But, so I have a lot that I'm, I'm really kind of at that point where I'm trying to figure out like, we got to do something. Yeah. <laughs> have a garage sale or something. There's another way you could sell yeah. your stuff, <laughs> but you would never get the price that you would get if you sold it online. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. If you would be like, uh, 50 cents. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Pinterest because I feel like over the last couple of years, Pinterest became big in the reselling community because people are using it to put their items on and drive yeah. to their YouTubes or whatever it is. But in the DIY community, Pinterest is really the main platform for DIYers, creators of that sort. Um, I guess explain to everyone how to how you use Pinterest, how other people can use Pinterest. Like, why is it so good? And why is the traffic that you're getting so much better on there than if you're just putting things on Instagram? It is definitely definitely my largest platform. And I guess really no surprise because I'm making DIYs and crafts and that's where you know people come to Pinterest to find yep. things to make and you know how to make it. And um, short form content is so big right now. And I think that with Pinterest, they're slowly starting to pick up on that as well. And that's starting to grow a lot more on there, but um, it's been really easy to take the things that I post on Instagram and TikTok and also just post them on Pinterest. And it has really created a lot of traffic just really from one social media platform to the next. And I, I really am surprised at how big my Pinterest has become. But I guess because I just think like little old me. Just- yeah. <laughs> 
That's what everyone thinks. That's what everyone thinks. It's like one day you're just like, oh my gosh, like how did this happen? <laughs> well, first of all, your videos are really good. And when you're on Pinterest, everything's visual, right? So Pinterest yeah. is known for like, you want to see pretty things. You yep. go on there to see the pretty things of whatever it is that you want in your life. And that's where you get your inspiration from. So I think your background in graphic design and just being creative, it shows and people are going to be attracted to that. But I also think that because Pinterest is, people forget that Pinterest is a search engine. Like that's all that Pinterest is. It's just a search engine for all the DIY, cooking, fashion. Yeah, like creative. Yes. Yeah. Everything is on there. So when you post something that someone is searching for, it, it, it's going to work just like Google. That's exactly how Pinterest works. So if you're linking a video that you made on Instagram to your Pinterest, now you're bringing people to your Instagram account. Now they're scrolling. They're looking at your links. They're looking at your videos that you've done, watching some of your old lives, whatever it is. And now you're yeah. going to bring them to that next platform. And this, and like the perfect way to grow your business, like using tools like that to grow. And yes. I think in the reselling community, it's a little more difficult to involve yourself in Pinterest as much. Like, yes, you can put your items on there. Yeah, you can share directly from Poshmark yeah. to Pinterest, but you know, but it's not the same. A lot like, of stuff out there that's like it's it's sold, you know. So yes, and you have to go and like delete stuff. I, I guess it could like potentially bring new customers from Pinterest to Poshmark, but yeah. it doesn't really go with your vibe, right? Like your whole account doesn't work as well. Yeah, no, but I think it could work if you're upcycling. If you're someone who's creative and wants to repair clothing or create new clothing out of things, or you're doing home goods and you're creating a new home good, like you could totally do videos, short form content and show that yeah. on Pinterest and then drive people to whatever site it is that you're using that you're selling these pieces on. And now you're getting traffic that way and you're not doing anything. It is marketing on its own. Pinterest is pushing yeah. your stuff out to people and they're like, oh, I love that. I want that. Where can I buy it? Pinterest has this great thing where you can just shop on there and it brings you right where you need to go. Yeah. Yep. So, I definitely shop on Pinterest. I'm like, that girl's right. jacket. Like, where did you get that? <laughs> exactly. So let's go back to you now, Denise. You could use it. Your oh, Pinterest gosh. is big. Think about it though. Like you could totally put your stuff up there that you're making, have the the video of you creating it. And then at the end, literally just having a thing where like, you can buy this now and they you can, can buy this a little thing and they can buy it. I'm changing Denise's business. I know. I'm like, you're talk. giving me so many videos. I'm like, where's my pen and paper? <laughs> Write this down. <laughs> but like, it's, this is like the best thing about being a reseller understanding the model of selling and what that entails, but then also having this creative creative element because you can do so much with it. It doesn't have to be the traditional, I found this shirt and I'm going to sell it online. And I found this pair of jeans and I'm going to just sell it and put it in a tote. Like there's just so much more yeah. that you can do out there. There's so many resellers, but we don't all have to fit in that same mold mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us, not I don't want to say we get trapped because that's the wrong way to say it, but like we kind of all fall into the same umbrella because it's what we see all the time. But there's so much more that you can do with reselling and there's so many other categories out there. I know. And for me, I have um, an Amazon storefront. So I have a lot of the supplies that I use for cleaning clothes, things that I buy to resell. Like I have a lot of supplies that I use for like cleaning shoes. I know there's a lot of people that are like, if the shoes are dirty, I don't, I don't even buy them. And I'm like, eh, I'll buy them, like clean them up. Sometimes you just toss them in the wash, but you know, like a fabric shaver and, you know, scrubby brushes and stuff. There's a lot of things that I link on there. And I think people find that helpful, you know, mm -hmm. to see like, what supplies is, you know, that I find helpful in cleaning a lot of stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of DIY products that I use frequently that I've been able to link there. And I think that's helpful for, you know, people, especially like those very basic things that you need, yeah. like paintbrushes and paints and just, you know, the types of glue sticks that you lose or the glue gun that you're using. And it, I think it's helpful for people that are just getting started because a lot of these things that I make, 
I really do try to make them so just anybody, you know, whether you're just starting out in crafting or you've been crafting for years, you know, I, I really want to show how anybody can make these things. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. And I, and there's always overlap, like between both communities that you're in, there's always overlap in everything. And I think just being like your true authentic self and showing how easy, like you're a mom, you, this is like mm-hmm. your thing that you do. You're a full-time mommy, but then you also have these businesses that you work on. And I think people can relate to that and people want to see more of it. And Actually, just- as like stay at home mom, like you have to have something like a hobby or something to like occupy your mind, you know, otherwise you're just gonna be like, oh my gosh, all I do all day long is just change dirty diapers. And this child's just <laughs> harassing me all day long. <laughs> it's, it is, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love being a stay at home mom and especially being a creative person. I can remember sitting at work and, you know, thinking of like all these creative things, mm-hmm. you know, like that I wanted to do when I got home and, it's been really cool to be able to do that now. So I do feel really blessed to have that opportunity and the support from my husband to be able to create at my own will. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I find myself in that situation so often where like ideas are flowing in my head of all these different things that I would love to do, but it's like, mm, you work full time. Um, you also want to have a life of some sort and, you know, there's things so that, I gotta do this. yeah, I got to so do, do at home. Uh, I got to yep. cook dinner. Uh, there's things mm-hmm. I want to do for me, like just something as simple as going for a walk or working out, like, and then trying right, to find yeah. time to do the business things that you really enjoy doing as well. Like mm-hmm. it is so hard to do all when you're a creative person. And you have all these ideas that just are always flowing in your head. It is so hard to find ways to like section it out. Thing, yeah. Yes. Yep. It is so hard because you like to do all the things, but how do you take all the things you love to do and just focus on the on the one or two things that you can really dedicate time to? And For I sure. think when when you're in the space of um I can speak to reselling because I've been in reselling for almost oh god. I've been reselling since I was 16, but in terms of like reselling, reselling as like a job, almost four years, I, I still struggle with keeping to my mold and what I need to do and not look at what everyone else is doing. Like I am not on the whatnot train. I know people have like called yeah. me out, like, why aren't you on whatnot? You should go on whatnot. I don't want to be on whatnot. I don't want to sell live. I don't want to take time to load a store. I don't want to source specifically for that. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like I just, Sometimes I just want to sit on the couch. Like I just I need time to rest. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on whatnot. I don't care if the profits can be that. I don't want to do it. It's- and I think, you know, you really find, you know, what you can easily do. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Passionately, you know, you don't want to burn yourself out. And there are a lot of people that like they do great with those online, like the live selling, like story sales mm-hmm. or the whatnot. Like, I, I'm not sure it's for me, yeah. but there are people out there that like it's made for them yeah. and you know, they're passionate about it and they're motivated to do it. And I think, yeah, being able to not burn yourself out mm-hmm. is a big thing. I know for me, in the evenings after I put my son down for bed, it's like, okay, what, what do I want to work on? Do I want to work on like a DIY? Do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to like take pictures or list stuff on Poshmark? Or do I just want to like sit and and not do anything veg and watch YouTube videos? Like, so, and it really, for me lately, cause there for a while, I felt like I was like, post, 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 you got to post, you know, continue to grow, 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 grow. And it really burned me out mentally. And you really got to stop and think like, what's, what's the most important thing in life and family and you know, 
taking care of my son is a big thing for me and being there for him and being able to stay at home with him is really awesome. So I really have tried to like, you know, let myself just take a rest, you know, like maybe you don't have to do something every second of the day and that's fine. And I think that with the, you know, posting on social media, there are a lot of people that feel that pressure to post consistently. And for me, it's, I've just really tried to take a step back for my mental health (laughs) and, you know, it, it has helped a lot to be able to keep up. Yeah. But not only is it great for you, it's also, I mean, in terms of growth, I understand why posting is so important, but number one, platforms are making it really hard to grow the way we used to be able to grow on social media. It's so difficult. It is not as easy. So many people are on there now. So many people want to be famous online. It is not as easy as it used to be. The other thing is too, you become more creative and better at your craft when you take time away and actually take care of yourself. And that's something that I have focused more so on this summer. I really took this summer to not really do a lot in terms of like making sure I go out all the time to source or like, oh, like I'm not doing that this summer. And I'm going to continue to not really do that. I'm really content with the items that I'm sourcing. I'm, Mm -hmm. if I'm spending more, I'm spending more, but like, I'm really happy with the things that I'm sourcing. I'm really happy with where my profits are. I'm really happy with how that's all going. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm really finding my groove after four years, like what the items that I really want to have. And eliminating all those things I really don't care about and being okay with not listing every day, being okay with just working with what I have and just being smarter with the way I market it, sell it, discount it, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, like just getting more creative with that, having a better process of selling things and like getting them out Mm -hmm. instead of just bringing more in. Like it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, Because if you look at retailers right now, they are struggling because they brought way too much product in. Target just yes. let go a bunch of people. Oh my gosh. They yes. find those like Amazon returns, Target overstock stores. They are everywhere now. Yes. And it's cool because you can find like some Target stuff for super cheap. But at the same time, it's like, guys, like you don't have to make bad. so much. <laughs> yes. It's so bad. But Target just let go. Like I think it was like 30% of their corporate staff. Walmart just let go of some of their corporate staff. Yeah. So like these businesses are struggling because during the pandemic, people were home. There was a surplus of money everywhere and people were just buying. Yes. But that culture stopped and the stores haven't kept up with that. And I think as a, for me, maybe it was subconsciously, I don't know. A little bit was conscious of me making decisions, but I always look and see what's happening in like the economy world. Like uh-huh. where are things kind of trending? What are buyers mentality at? Like what, what's really happening out there and how should I translate that to my reselling business? Because whether we want to believe it or not, they kind of all go together. Like it's still a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have consciously not bought like I was even at the beginning of the year because people oh, for are sure buying yeah. like that anymore. They're not. Absolutely. Yeah. And the things that people are looking for are different. Yeah. I I think a lot of people are kind of getting to that point where there's just, there's so much stuff Mm -hmm. and things that I think a lot of people are just kind of taking a step back and like, okay, we just, we just need to simplify a little bit and just Mm -hmm. not get crazy with the things. Yeah. And I think, this is where I hate social media because it pushes so many things on the general population. Every consumer, we just get pushed and (laughs) pushed and pushed. And I'm so done with it. Like the amount of time I spend on Instagram is minimal because I can't stand the ads that come up after every single story that I see after every single post that I scroll through. It's just an ad and I'm over it because I don't function that way. I don't even like online shopping. So it drives me nutty to see all of that do i like it to see like what's new out there what are people looking for like what what are they pushing out there yes because it helps me in my business but as a consumer i don't want to see it anymore i'm done like 
I'm in save mode because the world is really crazy right now. And we have no idea what the next six months are going to look like. I'm, I'm a huge saver. So I, I completely understand. And I think another part of it too is um, with the DIY stuff, things are not attainable anymore. So people like you and other creators in the community are giving the average person an outlet to be like, okay, I really like this. Or I really like this shirt that yeah. you see whoever so made much on Instagram and everybody has these picture perfect Pinterest living rooms and, and you think that you have to go out and like buy those things to have that same look. And I really think it's great that we can make things and, and it's fun because you like take pride in those items that you've made. And it's like, that looks like West Elm, but you know, it was very cheap and I made it. Yes. And I, I think it's just cool to like, you know, take pride in some of those things. Yeah. I have, you didn't have to spend a hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly. I have this frame. I haven't put it up yet. I got it when we first bought the house last year, found it at Savers. It's, it's enormous. And it had this hideous gold frame on it, but the picture itself on the inside with these really beautiful neutral toned daisies. And they're huge, mm-hmm. but they're beautiful and they match like my aesthetic. They're like um like blush tones and like um light browns and just like right up my alley. Like mm-hmm. perfect colors for the things that I love in my life. And I hated the frame, but the, it was only $7.99. I was like, I'm gonna go to Walmart, I'm gonna get some acrylic paint, I'm gonna mix two colors together, and I'm just gonna sponge paint it, and it's gonna look amazing because people are gonna think yeah. that I paid lots of money for this thing and I didn't. And I oh. finished it and I and I remember showing my mother-in-law, and my sister-in-law, and they came over one day and uh, they were like, Where did you where did you get that? And I was like, Well, I got it at Savers. They're like, But that picture yeah. frame, that's so pretty. I was like, <laughs> I made that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I did that. but like I actually have a whole bunch of frames that I just found at Goodwill and it's like I mean gosh these massive frames and it's like I could paint something like do those textiles that are Mm -hmm. framed like the possibilities are endless but like when you find those big frames at Goodwill and they're like eight dollars like yeah this like it's just gonna sit in my closet but one day I am going to (laughs) project for it and then I'm going to hang it on my wall and it's going to be amazing (laughs) yes and I just think we need more of that kind of content out there that's more relatable to the average person so they can see you don't have to spend that hundred dollars on that piece that you that you think you really need because Joanna Gaines showed you on her show and I love Joanna don't get me wrong like she is my 100% but I can't afford Magnolia everything so exactly (laughs) Well, and what's really funny, um, my mom, you know, she's very big thrifter, very big crafter and her house. It's so funny. Like, even for me, I can look around and it's like, I know that came from a thrift store. I know that came from a garage sale. I know that came from the trash. And she was actually asked to be on the parade of homes for people to come in to see your decorated homes for Christmas two years in a row. Wow. So I know. And it's so funny that it's like all these people are coming in. They're like, Oh wow. Like, you know, all these beautiful decorations, like they have no idea that like these things were thrifted or in the trash. <laughs> right. There's, um, there's a, this account that I've been following. I can't, I, the name escapes me, but basically trash picker and mm-hmm. goes around to all different parts of the city that she lives in. And she goes to the trash of like schools, businesses, wherever. And the things that she finds in there is like mind boggling to me. Uh-huh. And she resells some of it and the rest of it, she keeps it for herself or she gives yeah. donates a lot of it to charities or, or whatnot. But it's like the things that are in the trash, man, so That's many things in the trash. One amazing thing about living so we live on base at the military Mm -hmm. base that we're stationed at and it is insane the things that people just put by the street because you we move so frequently you can move at any second yeah they just want to get rid of it and they want to get rid of it now there is the craziest stuff that people just put out by the street and i got a table not long ago that i ended up redoing but it was just this nice wooden table out by the street. And now I have a cute little desk to put my computer on. And, <laughs> and I, 
did do a DIY. So that video is out there on my Instagram. So you can see how I took this beautiful little table and turned it into a super cute little desk. So yeah, it's, I think it's been really fun. I definitely like gets me more motivated to go on walks because I'm like, let's see what everybody's throwing out in the trash today. You really do live in the perfect place for that because when you're a family on the move all the time, you, you don't have time to do garage sale. You don't have time to donate all the things. You got to go. They give you a time frame. You're leaving in right. a week. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Happens and then I benefit from it. So <laughs> thank you, everyone. It's pretty great. I the found not, not long ago. I found a robot vacuum Ooh. on the street, and I was just like, "What? This is crazy!" That is <laughs> so, wild. Some pretty crazy finds. Lots of furniture, but um, yeah, because people are not going to take a lot of that with them. Mm-hmm. Especially you know, people that are they get stationed overseas. Yeah. So there's a thrift store on base that I go to pretty frequently, like multiple times a week. And there's always new stuff in there because people just, they just got to get rid of their stuff and go. So yeah, yeah. pretty lucky when it yeah comes to that. Yeah. I just think that we're in a very interesting time mm-hmm. in this world with like online and creation and no one can really afford anything unless you're like uber rich and it's really hard to get the things you once yeah. could. So having mm-hmm. people like you out there that are creating these different things and making things more accessible to people, maybe giving them ideas like, Oh, okay. I saw something similar like that when I was at the store, maybe I can just take some elements of what Denise was showing me and then create the piece. Exactly. that I, really yeah. want. I just think that it's great that, being creative has just really taken off. I I guess we can credit the pandemic for that, you know, really (laughs) pushing people to be different and finding ways to make money. Exactly when it all started for me was during COVID. I had my son um, in July of 2020. So that's when my, when my wheels started turning Mm. that like, Whoa, maybe I could, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could post all this stuff. Like I'm already doing it. You know, I'm already making these things. So I might as well like share them. So absolutely. You you find inspiration all over the place. So, I mean, you'd be surprised at where you can find inspiration from, but it's been really nice to be able to share that, like that we live in a time that you are able to just post whatever you want. And Mm -hmm able to share that and find an audience very easily right oh my gosh (laughs) I'm definitely shocked it is it's one of those like I never thought that this podcast would ever become what it is or that people would actually listen every single week and like it's crazy yeah how many like-minded people are out there and it's like my gosh, like there are other like crafty thrifters out there. And it's like, yes, crafty thrifters unite right here. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Let's talk about your reselling business. Where do you see that going? Like, do you want to focus more of your energies on the creative aspect of DIY? Do you want to merge them both? Do you want to grow your reselling business? Like where, where do you think that's going to take you? interesting question i'm not really sure because like like i said with being military we can't have lots of things Mm -hmm. so i do kind of feel like you know even if i don't have hundreds and hundreds of pieces of inventory like i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. um you know i'm definitely not going to have a warehouse one day i I don't know maybe but right now right now um staying smaller with my inventory for Poshmark is good. And, you know, it's kind of like, I kind of feel the same with DIY stuff, you know, like you hate to like get too much stuff and grow too big. And then, you know, in five months we're going to move or, you know, something and it's like, okay, you got to pack it all up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's hard with, you know, that feeling of wanting to continue to grow, but also feeling like, we need to limit and, you know, not have lots of stuff. So have you ever thought about, well, I, first of all, what kind of items do you sell? 
Would you say more like bread and butter type of items? Yeah. Cause you know, we, we don't live in a huge town, you know, we're not in Dallas or something. So there aren't big, you know, expensive items here. I mean, every now and then you come across something, but it is more just like bread and butter, like sell a lot of shoes and purses and some clothes, but you know, like I said earlier, shoes is, is a good set. Yeah. Color for me. And I think too. Yeah. I, I just think about like, if you wanted to grow your reselling business, would there, like, would it make sense for you to maybe do like a consignment type, like are there consignment stores near you? Could you do something like that so that you're able to grow your business in that way, but not store the inventory? Like, yeah, I I've considered it. There aren't any buy sell trade stores Mm -hmm. in the town I'm in, which is like really disappointing because when we were stationed in El Paso at Fort bliss, they had a lot of buy sell trade stores and I would go there and you could find some nicer things and you know they were a little higher priced but some of them were worth it yeah so but you know unfortunately here they're just it's like some goodwills and some other little thrift stores but there really hasn't been you know much in the way of like consignment or places that I could even take my things to be sold I know a lot of people will send things into the real real but like, I'm like, I don't even know if I have items that the real real would even accept. So you probably do. You'd be surprised at what they take yeah. now. Mm-hmm. They take, I mean, they take Adidas oh, okay. and well, Reebok. Then. I mean, you're not going to okay. make a ton of money. I mean, yeah, but like I can put them together and send them some stuff. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> but, the, if you go on their website, it. you'll see all the different, like they take UGG, they take Patagonia, they take Columbia, they take a lot of like, quote unquote, normal brands. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to get a huge payout on them, right? Like, I think that's, you have to go into those type of um, business models. Consignment is the same way. And knowing like, okay, my cost needs to be at this point or lower. Otherwise, like, mm-hmm. what am I doing kind of thing? It's just another, I was just thinking, like, if you wanted to grow, that's always it's an option. Funny. But you're working with yeah. what you have and you can sell your DIY stuff. So. Definitely. Yeah, I know. Like, ah, maybe, maybe. We're definitely I think gonna you could do it. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised at how yeah. many people would be interested in purchasing the items that you make. I bet you some people that are listening right now would head oh over God. and be like, hey, yeah, I really like that. Can you sell that to me? I really appreciate you saying that. It yeah. Builds confidence. It should. You have a successful Instagram page, successful TikTok, successful Pinterest. There's no reason for you not to feel confident about the products you're putting out there. Thank you. Plain it was about the consignment. I, I just thought about it. The army thrift store that I go to, they do have consignment. But I'm like, I can't buy things from the army thrift store and then consign. <laughs> I mean, you could. <laughs> I bought them here, but I'm going to, con- you know, these consignment well, items. <laughs> I mean, there's other ways, there's other ways to source too. Like you could do online sourcing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can sign that way. At Evernorth health services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line, it's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI, it's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I have started to dabble in that. I don't even say dabble, but really try to learn what brands to look for or even price points for specific brands or items. And, you know, it's definitely a learning process. Yes. It's Um, always a learning process. I'm going to tell you right now, the thrift flip that you did with the tissue holder, this thing. Oh my God. I, I almost left that behind and I am so glad I took it because even like when I started spraying that stone spray paint, I was like, Oh, this is awesome. It looks <laughs> like, so good. It and I so have good. it in my kitchen. You know, I, I definitely use that. It was one of my more pleasantly surprised, like, wow, this this turned yeah. out really good. <laughs> and the hanging organizer one, I think this is probably one of my favorites. because it's something that I probably yeah. should do. 
to create little organizations for my office. I still use that. Yep. For all my Poshmark stuff, I keep like my packing tape, scissors, um, my measuring tape, and I have little like thank you cards I keep in there. And it actually is pretty useful. So smart. Just just didn't have to buy some $20 organizer (laughs) on Amazon. So true. All you guys need to do is scroll on Denise's reels and you're going to see so many things that are going to inspire you. And then you should message her and say, I want to buy that. Yes. How can I buy it? <laughs> yes, let me know. I'll, I'll consider selling it to you. But yeah, it's it's definitely bingeable, all the DIY yes. stuff. There's so, so much. And you do such a nice job putting it out there. And this was so fun to get to know you on a more personal level. And I know, I'm so excited to be on this, like a podcast that like I personally listen to, like on my walks in the evening. It's just nice to know that there are other people out there that love thrifting or love reselling or, you know, creative DIYers. And it's just nice to be able to, you know, interact with other people like, like just like-minded people. So I can't believe I'm here with you right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, I'm excited that you even did this. I always tell people all the time, like, I don't care who comes on the podcast. Like if you have a story to tell and you're creative, you don't have to be in the reselling space. I've had people on here who are not in the reselling space, but they like antiques or they like thrift stores or whatever. They have a business model that has nothing to do with reselling at all, but it all kind of relates to each other. So why not share stories? And And you may pick up a new hobby. Exactly. So there's people that are listening that I'm sure are creative and like to do DIYs that listen to your story. and was like, well, I mean, I could do that and sell some of my stuff too. There's there's a lot of stuff on there. Like I said, I really try to make it to where very beginner friendly, anybody can do these and you don't need a lot of supplies. I always list the supplies too in the captions. So you're able to just easily like, you know, take a screenshot and go to mostly Dollar Tree. (laughs) You can pretty much find all the supplies you need at Dollar Tree, but really anybody can make these and um, you can have high-end looking items for five, six, seven dollars. Right. <laughs> Don't have to spend an arm and a leg to have a nicely decorated home. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. And there's so many good things at the thrift store too that you can exactly. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg on clothes. Yeah. You can have nice pieces of clothing mm-hmm. for cheap. Mm -hmm. I mean, we live in a society where we toss. Yes, exactly. We toss everything. Like we wear it a few times and we're over it. I Mm -hmm. I used to be like that. I'm guilty. When I was younger, I was totally like that. Yeah. I'm not like that now. I hate it now. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it now, especially being a stay-at-home mom. Like when I worked, I had a lot of clothes that it was like work, you know, business casual clothes. And then like, after work clothes and now that I am just a stay-at-home mom I can wear whatever I want and I've been trying to find the things that you know I feel the best in and what I want to wear every day you know because if I could wear whatever I want like you know well yeah I want to wear lululemon leggings you know but maybe I don't want to spend a hundred dollars on them so Go to the thrift store, go to Poshmark. Yes, and get a pair of gap leggings, which are just as good. Right, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good, I feel like Amazon. I found some Amazon leggings. They were like mind-blowingly good. Are they the ones that are like the Aligns? Yes. Oh my gosh, they were like, I was shocked because I have Align leggings and they're very comfortable. They're more like, you know, the yoga, hang around the house, you know, kind of legging, but I was shocked at what like nice quality they were because, mm. you know, the quality, I, know, I think it's just, I love Lululemon, but their prices are, Oh yeah. Uh-uh, I'm not going to do I don't do like their prices either. No, thank you. Uh-huh. I'm at personally, I think I like Athleta more than Lululemon. I think Athleta is, I don't know. I just like the fit of Athleta leggings more than a Lululemon uh-huh. legging. I love my Lululemon. Don't get me wrong. I own plenty of pieces. But Athleta, I just, it hugs my body in a way that makes me feel good. And that at the same time, Gap and Old Navy, you could, you can buy Old Navy leggings and they're almost identical to Gap, which is almost identical to Athleta. So if you want to buy Old Navy, yeah, yeah, 
Old Navy leggings, Old Navy athletic wear. So good. I have heard amazing things about their stuff. And I feel like there are a lot of even like nicer, like they haven't been worn very much at thrift stores, like leggings. I feel like you can find a lot of like Old Navy and athletic leggings. Maybe I need to get some. <laughs> just been like, I just love my Lulu. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. It's, we're brand loyal. Can't lie. We are brand loyal to Lululemon. It's awful. It is awful. Except their prices. Right? Yes. Go, to, go buy your Lulu on Poshmark. Yeah. Or buy a brand new. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap this up here. I could talk to Denise all day. But I also don't want yeah. to because this is her free time because her son is sleeping. So it's nap time. It's nap time. <laughs> so I'm so sure we got to get to the <laughs> Exactly. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank, thank you for, for sharing your story. Me. So fun. Yes. I will link all of Denise's information in the show notes. so You guys can check that out and find her there. Go follow her on Instagram. Follow her on TikTok. Follow her on all the different things. She has a link in her profile, so you can go to all of her different websites, and you can follow her on all the platforms. Uh, next week, Jen and I are going to be talking about intimate brands. Really excited to do that deep dive with everyone and talk about all the different intimate brands that are out there. This has been a really popular topic within our Patreon group. Um, we've we just did a download on all the different intimate brands that are out there that. I didn't even know half of them. Uh, So we're going to dive into all the different bras that are out there or lingerie lines that retail for a lot of money and resell for a lot of money. So stay tuned for that next week. And I will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everyone.